be the first to give concessions, be the first to give something without return. That's how reciprocation starts. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. We're interrupting this podcast to bring you a very important message. We have huge news to share with you. So I don't know if you guys know, but for the past year or so, Guy and I have been secretly putting together a brand new training. We're calling it the Have It All Masterclass. Now, it's a very unique 100-day masterclass that's geared to unlock your true God-given potential. I'm not talking about just any old class. I'm talking about busting up all of the old useless programs and upgrading them to whole new levels. So in order to deliver this, we've done a ton of work. We've put together an app so that you can take this everywhere you go. We've even gamified the whole process so that it's easy and pleasurable to go through. Like I said, we've put a ton of time and a ton of money into creating this and we're officially launching it in July. Now, Guy and I, to launch it, will be hosting a live class as the big unveil. And during this new class, new training, I should say, we're going to share five pillars with you that will help you create your have-it-all life. So for now, all you have to do is head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and save your seat immediately. Now, I'm going to let you know that as of now, our new masterclass will not be able to fit all of you. In fact, Our intention is to actually start this very, very small because it's a live training. So as soon as all the seats are filled up, that's it. We're shutting it down. So like I said, act now. Head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and get yourself ready for some massive, massive expansion. Now, if you have a friend or a family member or someone that you really love and you want to invite them to this, please share this link. This is not going to be something that you want to miss. And with that, Love you all, and back to your normally programmed podcast. So welcome, everybody. If you're uh, on Facebook Live, welcome, welcome. If you're listening to this as a podcast recording, um, then you missed an awesome live. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're not going to welcome those people at all. Yeah. I'm here (laughs) with uh, Brian Kurtz, who has become a great friend uh, over the last couple of years. And I'll I'll share some stories about how we met and things like that. I've asked him to come on this show because Brian does so many things so well. He has an incredible life story of business and uh, connections. And I'll let him tell the story, but quickly he curated some of the best copywriters in the world and created some of the best, most successful copy ever written. His friends are people like uh, Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert, people that if you're in the copywriting world, you know, are absolute legends. 
And I actually met Brian at the Genius Network event when he invited me to a dinner, um, which is something that he he does. And we'll talk about that and relationships um, and reinventing yourself. And um, I think today I'm going to title it How to Live Your Legacy. I like that line that you were just saying. So, Brian, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. And, and, and you know, just so you know, I mean, when I did reach out to you, it's, you know, I, I, I look for people... Um, and not only just, you know, younger people than me, but as you get older, there are more younger people. It just works out that way. Somehow. <laughs> you like to hang out with people your own age because then you look at each other and go, hey, you haven't changed at all in the last 30 years. But look who you're looking at, you know, each other. But I like to, you know, one of the one of the goals for me is to kind of see who is that next generation of great superstars who are, you know, kind of changing the way people think, the way, you know, you're big, you're big on mindset, but you also came out of some marketing and business yep. stuff too. And when I saw your background, I go, okay, that's a guy, you know, and, and I don't, I don't just like, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a, as, as, uh, as some people, I'm not, I'm not a star effort, you know, I'm not like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not like running around, you know, trying to be a glad hander and we can talk about that, you know, the difference between, having a big network and really contributing to connect, which is a big distinction for me. But I do think that, you know, identifying the great people that you want to be around and want to be around you. And one of the greatest things about my life is that, you know, being 59 years old is that I've had enough time to, for people to think that I did something. So therefore I get this golden ticket into rooms, into relationships like when I call somebody and go, I don't know if you know me. Well, do I know you? Yeah, I know you. You're Brian Kurtz. I go, really? And then it's like, that's the golden ticket to be able to meet, you know, new people. Cause you know, and, and that's really how I reached out to you. I mean, I, you know, I, there were a lot of people to choose from to set up that dinner at Genius yeah, Network. Sure. I chose you um, just so you know. And I was honored. Yeah. I wasn't stalking you either. It was like, well, now there's a guy that's doing some good shit. And so that was just really, really important. So that that's part of the game, but it's not a game. It's And, and I'll talk in terms yeah, of what I call 100-0. So before we go into the whole relationships thing, I just want people to get a little bit of background, you know, for those that don't know you, on um, a little bit about your career and life and, and what you've done so that they can just get related to who you are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that, you know, it's not that exciting. You know, I did not grow up, uh, you know, in a box outside the Port Authority bus terminal in New York. And, you know, I mean, I don't have a rags to riches. made it to a million dollars. Yeah, no, I did not. I don't have a rags. To, I wasn't born with a silver spoon, but I was not a rags to riches guy. Like I wasn't, you know, I, didn't, I never went bankrupt. Um, I don't have that story. I don't have the story of, although, you know, I worked my ass off and, and I work really hard. So I guess the best way to describe my career so we don't spend too much time on that and get into the, the meat of what your folks want to talk about, because I know what you're all about in terms yep. of having it all. And so uh, it's right behind you. I can read it. <laughs> that's working for you. <laughs> yeah, that's working for me, man. Having it all. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a serial direct marketer is what I am. The joke at my company boardroom for 34 years was I was the, the marketing whore. Um, and I say that proudly, you know, it's like, I just love, I think I have this new phrase. I'm doing an article for Forbes right now. And it's nice. The title is going to be marketing isn't everything. It's the only thing. 
And what I mean by that is that, you know, without getting yourself out there, and we talked about, you and I spoke yeah. with the troops at, at Fort Myer for American Dream University, American yeah. Dream University, uh, where, where re-careering vets are, are hearing us speak. And I spoke right after you, which was great, because you were, you know, inspired them and you set them up for me beautifully. And then I talked a lot about, don't be afraid of marketing. You know, if you're not in marketing or, you know, you think selling is bad, you think marketing is bad, I'm going to reach into someone's pocket. So anyway, my whole life has been about kind of like, you know, using marketing for good and not evil, but being really aggressive about marketing. So I've learned everything about direct marketing that I could. My, My quick career path was very simple. Uh, my second job out of college was with this little newsletter company, Boardroom Reports, in New York City. They published newsletters and books for mostly business people, but it became more of a broad-based consumer publisher. Our big newsletter became this newsletter, Bottom Line Personal, which became the largest consumer newsletter in the world. We had over a million subscribers at one point. Yeah. No advertising, newsletter meaning it's not a magazine. It's, it's all content, all print back then. Um, we went into digital later on. I, that digital thing was going to catch on. I knew it. Um, and so um, I spent my whole career marketing subscriptions and selling books to consumers on incredible topics about finance and health and like really good stuff. I mean, really good content. But we were kick-ass marketers. I mean, I, as you said, I spent a lot of my time um you know, with the best copywriters in the world, the best list people in the world, the best, I mean, the best marketing consultants in the world. And I just had a great time, you know, just selling millions and millions of books and subscriptions over 34 years. What, and all direct marketing. I don't know if I ever and all, and mostly and direct mail at the beginning. I don't even know if I ever told you this story or maybe I did when we first, first met, but like I Didn't started not this- reports. Say it again. You read Boardroom Reports, right? Yeah. When you were a kid. Well, well, two two things. One, w- one of the first podcasts I really fell in love with was I Love Marketing, uh, Joe Polish and Dean Jackson. And one of the first, first, first podcasts I'd listened to was you. You were on there and you were talking about uh, Boardroom and how you started the newsletter and the, the idea behind the newsletter and all that stuff. And for those that don't know, it was just like they took really, really dense int- like topics that they thought people should know about in the finance world and in the world at large and abbreviated. It was like cliff notes of like what you need to know to be a really successful... Yeah, Mar- Marty, Marty Edelson, who founded the company, used to say that, um, you know, reading cover to cover is overrated. Read- reading is not overrated, but reading books cover to cover is overrated. Yeah. And he used to say there was like one or two chapters in every book that were the only ones worth reading. So his, one of his life's missions was to find those chapters to make sure that you, and then put them into a digest type format. Yeah. He was ahead of his time in that respect. So what I, at the time I was listening to a lot of different podcasts and this and that, and I had the same thing with podcasts is like, you listen for an hour and in that, you know, there might be like 10, 15 minutes of golden nuggets. And I was like, I wonder if anyone does cliff notes versions of other people's podcasts. And I literally created pep talks performance enhancing podcast based off of that concept wow. guys they're the boardroom i did not know that that's yeah. really cool so, so uh you inspired my original podcast as well um nice all right so now let's so that's that's brian's background so that was 34 years i you know i helped build the company marty founded it i got there 10 years in it was about a five million dollar business when i got there 
um, at our height in the mid 2000s, just to give you scale, not bragging. I just I just yeah. want to tell you what the numbers were. You know, we got to about 157 million at our height, got into all media. Like I was multi-channel. That was like my big thing. And that is a precursor to what I ended up doing when I left. But the multi-channel thing is just so critical to everything that people should think about. You diversify your investment portfolio. Why wouldn't you diversify how you market your products and services? So we got into TV, we got into radio, we got into space advertising. Obviously, we got into email marketing. We got into all that stuff having started just in direct mail. And that's how you get from 5 million to 160 million. If we had stayed just in direct mail, we probably would have gotten to, you know, 60 million and stopped there kind of thing. So very exciting ride for 34 years, um, building that business. Um, and it was just, um, a blessing because I had great products. We, I work with the best people. I, I, I sought out the best copywriters, the best consultants. I work with some of the, the greats of direct marketing, just feel totally blessed about that and learn from all of them. It's like, it's the whole idea. It's like, was it one year's experience for 34 years or was it 34 years experience? I'm hoping <laughs> it was 34 years experience. But so you were 20, 25 when you started that, that 20, yeah, actually like my 20, I think I was like 23 or 24 actually. Yeah. Wow. When I got okay. To- so first of all, I mean, you obviously found something that you truly love because there's not many people that stick in a company for 34 years or, or any sort of even right. uh, path for 34 years. Um, and with, with all that being said, I, I was saying to Brian earlier, like as good as he was as, at that, I don't know that that's his superpower. The superpower that I know Brian for is his ability to deeply connect with people Um, you make the people around you feel instantly appreciated, instantly loved, and instantly like part of your circle. Um, And I remember, you know, even from like, as soon as I got the email invite from you, uh, inviting me to the dinner, we show up to the dinner, he, he pays for the dinner, he gives you gifts at the dinner. It's like, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're part of Brian Kurtz's family. And I, I'm, I know I'm just saying these things, and like these are things that you've developed through the years. I would just love for you to speak about what your outlook is on building relationships and how to build properly. And, you know, you've done it. Like, there, there's so many slimy, shitty people about building relationships and you're the polar opposite. So like if you're like the role model of how it should be done. So I'd love for you to get into that so people can actually get like, Oh, if I'm going to do something for a long time, here's the best way to possibly do it. Yeah. It's a great question. And it, it comes natural to me now, but I, and I didn't have to think about it all that much. I'm not as, I'm not as like scheming and strategic about it as I might think. But now that I've looked back on what I did, I have been able to document it and say there was a method to the madness yeah. of all of this. And I think one of the one of those trigger points, and I did I wrote about this in a blog post once. It was like I must have been I was definitely under 30. So let's say I'm 28 years old and there's a trade magazine, they're doing this profile. It was like a 30 under 30. It was like 30 of the top young direct marketers who are under 30 who are like the up and comers. And I was okay. featured in that piece. 
And the title of the piece about me was Strategic Schmoozer. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, whoa, well, you know, that doesn't sound all that flattering. You know, I mean, the concept of schmoozer is the concept of glad handing, the concept of today, the analogy would be, I've got more Facebook likes than you. I've got more Facebook friends than you. My LinkedIn network is bigger than yours. Yep. And so I realized that that was like a trigger point that, because I knew that wasn't me. I wasn't, I knew I wasn't a glad hander. I knew that if I was meeting somebody for the first time, I was not always thinking about the opportunistic side of that relationship. And I started thinking about what am I really about? Mm. And so I started hating the word networking. I started hating the word, you know, even connections better than networking, but I hated those words. I said, what's the word? And then I went to um, a landmark forum and I did landmark forum. I did the advanced course. That's S, when they, but they let you go to the bathroom. And so I, Landmark Forum's great. I assume it's still great. I don't know. Yeah. But it was a big, it was big for me. And in the advanced course, just to give you a sense, and this is like the, the origins, this is the after strategic schmoozer. I'm thinking about like, who the hell am I? You know, what do I really want to do with my life? And I certainly don't want to be a strategic schmoozer. So I get up in front, at the advanced course at Landmark Forum, it's a four-day event. You get up in front of everybody the first night and you tell who you are, like in, in one sentence. And so who I was on opening night was know everyone and do the right thing. That was my that was my thing. Know everyone and do the right thing. And then you go through the four days, and then on the last night, you get up in front of the group and you kind of declare your possibility. And you're not supposed to think about it, you're not supposed to rehearse it. And it really works, actually. You get up. And they know if you're not being authentic because yep. they'll, they'll send you back and make you come again. You let the audience kind of feed on you based on all the people you've been hanging out with for four days and you declare your possibility. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I got up in front of the group and my po- I was the possibility of contribution. That was the wow. one word, contribution. And in fact, I still have the little sticker. You know, you put a sticker on your chest. You know, You walk around for the next hour before you go home and the word contribution was on my, was stuck to mm. my... Uh, as a name tag. And so that was the, that was the moment. And I said, what you need to do to really have lasting deep relationships is you have to contribute to the other person first with no expectation of any return whatsoever. And if you do that, some people will take advantage of you. Some people will keep asking you for favors and not realize they're taking advantage of you. But over 34 years now, I think I was doing it from day one. Yeah. But until I kind of came to put some words on it. And so it was contribute to connect, which is way different than knowing everybody and doing the right thing or having the most friends or having the most connections. So that was the key. And, and then when I got, I got to know Joe Polish and we spent a lot of time talking about this and, you know, even in his genius network thing, it was like, you know, you look at the people around you and who you can help you with your business but you have to contribute to them first. And so I, I have written off over, over 34 years, 30, now 36 years in business, I have written off you know, a handful of people that would just take, 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 take. And after a while, it just, it, it was not because I didn't want to give more to them. I just don't have the time for that. And it's not because they weren't given to me. It's just that they didn't see any value in the relationship being any kind of two-way street. On the other hand, I, I did write a blog post once that said meeting someone halfway, never part of my 
my language. Like I'll never say I'll meet you halfway. A great book that that was very meaningful. I read only read it a few years ago is Give and Take by Adam Grant. And Adam Grant talks about, you know, three types of people, givers, takers, and matchers. Yep. So what was interesting though, the book opens, I'm not going to, it's not a spoiler alert. You can read the book. It's got great case histories, but he says in the beginning, he goes of givers, takers, matchers, who are the least successful people? If you, if you map all the least successful people in the world, what, do, which category you think they are? And he says, they're givers. And like, you go, really, that doesn't make sense. So what this book's not going where I think it's going to go. And what, he, what his point was that it's how you give. So there are people that give and give and give, don't put the oxygen mask on themselves first. And by the time they're ready to take care of themselves, they're dead. Yep. And they didn't care. That's not really a good prescription to make the biggest impact in life. Then he goes on and he goes, and then who do you think are the most successful people? Givers, takers, matchers. It's also givers. Mm-hmm. And then there's a chapter later in the book. It's like champ or chump. And it talks about, you know, if you, it's how you give. Now, having said all of that, you still can't give in kind of a quid pro quo, you know, and that's the matcher, you know, yeah. I'll give to you if you give to me. And then there's the taker who, you know, he has a couple of really um, incredible profiles. He has the guy, uh, uh, I think his name is Lay, the guy from Enron. Okay. Um, um, and he, you know, just talks about his personality as a taker and how that ended up, you know, not only putting him in prison, but it, 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 he uses some really drastic examples of takers because you can be a taker and still have a, a satisfying life. It's not like you're the worst person in the world just because you're a taker in Adam Grant's definition. But the idea of giving and giving correctly, giving without an expectation of return. And, and I also believe in this concept of serendipitous reciprocation. And what I mean by that is that if I, if I give to you, let's say, you know, I, invite you to a dinner, I pay for it, I give you gifts, I give you everything, and nothing ever happens in our relationship ever again, I'm cool with that. Yeah. However, the odds are that, and, and the odds are something's going to happen, especially if I choose correctly, knowing I, I could tell the kind of heart you had based on what I knew about you before I even invited you to dinner. I said, this is going to be exponentially great because yeah. he's going to introduce me to someone else, even if it's not him, but it doesn't matter. If he doesn't, yeah. it's fine. Now, the other piece of that, the serendipitous piece, is that because the karma, and I, I, I'm not that religious or spiritual. I am spiritual. I'm not religious. Yeah. But the idea that um, um, I would reach out and put out that kind of good karma, the stuff is coming at me in other directions all the time. Now, I can only speak from my experience. And you could say, okay, well, you're full of shit, Brian. You know, that had nothing to do with the fact that so-and-so came out of nowhere to help you with your career. But I believe that it did because, you know, you're putting out good good stuff all yeah. the time. I call so, it money, money in the karmic bank. Yeah, yeah. And and I just, you know, it's, it, but if, you, if you're keeping score, you know, um, tit for tat, it ain't, this isn't going to work for you. Nope. And that's why this concept of a hundred zero, which is a, a landmark concept too, you really have to give a hundred zero, you know, and, and I tell the story, I think the, uh, the blog post I did about a hundred zero, the power of hundred zero, I talked about my high school friends who are all from Rockland County where you yep. live and where I grew up. And, uh, they're all kind of lame actually. I mean, you know, not, I mean, if I'm sure some of them might 
and some of them are on Facebook, so who knows? And they know I say this about them all the time, but I love them like brothers. But if I waited, the joke was, you know, I'm always waiting at the phone, waiting for it to ring. But if I waited for the phone to ring and not put myself out, then they wouldn't be part of my life. So I will not keep score and say, well, I organized six reunions and none of you ever organized any of them. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Yeah. So you have to really let go of that piece to really that. So your question was about the connection piece. And I think that it's all tied into all of these concepts, the hundred zero contribute first, um, not always think about what this person can do for me. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not a human being and that in the back of my mind, you know, could this person be helpful to me in my career and my life? Absolutely. It's, it's, but if the expectation is that you're sunk, you're sunk. So that's, I think, why the relationships I've had are about quality, not quantity. And it just so happens that, you know, you live long enough and you do this enough the quantity is there too. Yeah. You know, I can't believe I get, you know, 300 likes on my birthday. You know, it's like, what the, what the hell is that? You know? <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't, I, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's good, you know, it's good because I do the same and, and it, it feels good. It gives you a bigger connection to the universe. I mean, you talk a lot about this stuff too, in your world. Yeah. So I'm not telling anything you don't know and nothing that you don't practice yourself, but it's not that complicated. I also, the thing that will cause me to not sleep at night the most in mm. my life is, is, is arrogance. So if mm. I feel like I've been arrogant to somebody or I've, I've kind of taken somebody for granted, you know, that's like the next day I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I need to do. It's, it's not, it's not repentance and it's not confession, but it's my version of it. And so I'm, I'm very self-aware of when I'm being much more, I don't know if the word's avaricious or um, exploitative of the relationship. I don't think I am, but if I smell it or I feel it or it feels like even if it's not there, I check it out. Like I'll go to people and say, yesterday I, I asked you, you know, to do, I asked you to join my mastermind group out of the blue. And I, I feel bad about that because I don't think that was really, it came mm-hmm. out because I really wanted you to be part of my world, but I wasn't really, I didn't want to solicit money from you even though it'd be great if you were in my group, but yeah. it didn't feel good. Yeah. And so, and they said, I didn't think anything of it. Or they say, yeah, you're an asshole, whatever. <laughs> but clearing that stuff. I don't is think really anybody important. ever says that to you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you know, not an asshole, but you know, there are people that, I mean, I've had people like in my blog post that I remember there was one, I tell a lot of stories in my blog post about, yeah. you know, my past. And I guess, you know, if you interpret it, if you don't know me and, and you're looking at the written word, it could look like bragging, you know, mm. it could look like, you know, you know, it's what did uh, I think Dizzy Dean, the great baseball pitcher or John Wayne or somebody said it ain't bragging if you did it. But and so I did have somebody write to me sometimes and go, yeah, it's all about you. Blah, you know, it's like that. You know, so that's the kind of stuff I do get once in a while. Um, but I do think the other side of that is that if you're not going to tell your own personal story, I don't have anything original. I mean, I read. A lot of personal, you, you, you live in the personal development world yeah. more than I do. And so I'm writing my next book and I'm, I'm trying to be like a, not a personal development guy. We're talking closer to personal development today than we are in marketing. Yeah. But to me, everything's marketing. So it's okay. Yeah. I always bring it back to a marketing conversation. But it's very difficult when you're having a personal development 
conversation to think that what you're talking about has never been said before, never been thought before. Someone else has taught this. How right. you, but you're the messenger with your story on it, which we've talked a it's lot just about. A perspective. I, I think there's, you know, uh, from from all of the great leaders that we speak about, you know, uh, Buddha, Jesus Christ, uh, to people like Gandhi and and even Martin Luther King, like all of these people just came with with wisdom. Every religious text, it all all of it, landmark. Uh, every course of it, it all says exactly the same thing. It's just a slightly different interpretation. And that slightly different interpretation is what allows certain people brain, I will say to, to understand it and, and yes. receive it, you know, cause for me, like I, I was born Jewish. I lived in Israel. For me, the whole religious thing it was a massive turnoff. Like any the the whole dogma behind it, the whole uh, fear this. If you don't do this, you go to like all of that stuff. Just doesn't never made sense to me, and so I threw it all out. I wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to take the parts I like. I was like, fuck all of this. This is nonsense. Then I started doing work with Landmark, and it wasn't until about I'd say maybe like four or five years into it, where I was like, oh, this is not just cerebral personal development stuff like this is spirituality like this is what all these guys have been talking about all this time and then i went back and i started reading all these like eastern philosophy books and um looking at religious texts from you know kabbalah to sufism and things like that and i was like wow you are literally all saying exactly the same thing i just wasn't ready to listen yeah the other piece too that you said before i don't want to let it go because it was really 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 important is that whoever's in your tribe and you've got, you know, a, a nice tribe, you became the messenger for a lot of that stuff that was out in the, in the ether. Yeah. It came through you and then you were able to deliver it in a way that they finally heard it. Yeah. And so that to me is, you know, whenever I talk about like a, even a marketing concept, I didn't invent anything, you know, <laughs> but I did interpret something and put it into words that people would understand that they didn't understand before. That is one of the best gifts that we all have within us. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who teach, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Don Miller and, and Ray Edwards teach story brand and Bo, Bo Eason talks about, you know, telling your personal story, you know, and it's overused on the one hand, on the other hand, it's so critical. And, and those guys are awesome because they're really teaching you that, it's not that you have to be 100% unique with the actual concept. It has to be, what's your spin on it? What story is it going through? What filter is it going through? And then it's going to land on some people and not land on others. And the ones it lands on, that's where you end up with, that's where you get, that's how you develop a tribe. That's how you develop people you want to be with. Um, and it's a, just a wonderful piece of, uh, that was a big piece of learning because some people give up really quickly thinking that not only did I not invent anything, I'm never going to invent anything. And it's all been said before. It's all been done before. So who am I to be that messenger? And someone is going to look to you though, to be that messenger and interpret it in a way that they'd never heard before. Yeah. And I think that's what, you do that really well. So that's thank you. That, thank yeah. you. Uh, before we switch gears, cause I want to also talk about how you reinvented yourself and, and that process. Um, you were talking before about 
choosing people, right? Like, so, so you have this process that you're able to bring people in and then through the years, you've obviously been able to get better at curating um, who you invite into your space and things like that. And I wonder if you could just share a few things that you've learned about choosing those people or maybe like markers that you know of people that, you know, I'm not going to yeah by two or things like I that. Get, I guess that so the last point just quickly I I don't there's no marker that says I won't reach out to you okay but there are markers once you reach out that you have to recognize I'm probably a little slower on the take on that because <laughs> um, I'll give people the benefit of the doubt a little longer than I might but under and that's why that's why the grants book is so good because I didn't understand how to identify takers mm. and that takers that are going to drain you and not really, you know, build you up. One of the concepts that I love, um, it's not, it, it, it relates to being in the right groups. It's this whole concept of, of mentors and choosing your mentors. And I like to say that you don't choose your mentors, your mentors choose you. And what I mean by that is that my experience early on and why, I, why did I have all of these people? Like, well, I'm, I'm republishing these two classic books by Eugene Schwartz. Eugene Schwartz is one of the greatest copywriters marketers, human behavior, psychologists who's ever lived, one of the, a great Renaissance man of marketing and art and just an amazing man that a lot of people now are going to know about because of my ability to bring his books back to life. I have two of his books I'm republishing. One of them is like $4,000 on Amazon because- I was going to say Breakthrough, breakthrough oh, Brilliant Breakthrough. And then Breakthrough Advertising is- Yes, yeah, it's the most expensive uh, marketing book I think on the planet. I don't right. Know. And I'm selling them, you know, 125 and 195 and they're cheap at that. Yeah. But the point, the point about, I could have gone to Gene and said, oh, will you please, like how many times do you get, and you probably get this all the time too. Hey, Elon, you know, will you be my mentor? Yeah. You know, and it just doesn't work like that. And so let's go back to contribution. Let's go back to what you can contribute to them. And some people say, well, what am I going to contribute? I'll give you my example. What am I going to contribute to Gene Schwartz? Gene Schwartz was already established. He was writing copy for Boardroom. He was buddies with Marty. I was able to be in meetings with him. I kind of looked at what I, I, I was a list expert at the time. My first 10 years in direct marketing, I became a list expert, mailing lists. I, I understood. That's why I'm so into list segmentation now on the internet and modeling. And I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by what, what's being done on Facebook and what's being done in other online media because it's been done in offline forever. Mm-hmm. And I was a, a, not just a student of it, I taught it. So I love that piece of the business, the list and the audience. I think it's the most important piece, more so than creative and offer. I think list is the most important. So in some of the meetings with Marty and, and Gene, I saw Gene had his own publishing company and the person who was doing his list work didn't know what they were doing. Mm. He was mailing all the wrong lists. I knew all the, he was doing health books. We had health books. We were exchanging names with Gene uh, or he would write copy for us for names. That's another whole story. Talk about generosity of using your skill set to, to get into other people's lives. So I saw that he needed my help and I just volunteered. I said, Gene, let me look at all of your list plans for all of your stuff on your business. And I became kind of like this list consultant for him. Never mm. asked for a dime, never asked for anything. What did I get in return? I got like, you know, monthly lunches at Gene's apartment. I got, you know, one-on-one calls all the time. I got 
you know, meetings where, you know, I get together with Gene and, and Marty and, and the folks at Rodale Press. And because Gene wanted me in his world because, you know, and I didn't ask for that. And he became my mentor. I talk about it as my mentor all the time. One of my mentors all the time. So he chose me. I didn't choose him. He didn't have to choose me. And those are this idea. So what, what's the what's the piece of advice for the young 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 up and comer or young entrepreneur or even young person working in an organization who has not yet gotten out on their own, which is one of your avatars, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the key is, you know, who's out there that you can help based on what you, the skill set that you've created for yourself. Can you just give that to somebody? You know, it's, it's beyond, it's, it's the, it's, yeah, it's, it's connected to, you know, I'm going to be an intern and not get paid. It's part of that. But that's how mentors are going to choose you. Yeah. So that's the beginning of it. That's where it all started. Now, as far as cultivating the people that I want in my world, it, I would, you know, very quickly, I, 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 one thing I am good at is I can assess very quickly, you know, whether, you know, where someone's heart might be mm. and whether they are a giver as opposed to a taker, whether, you know, this looks like it's going to be, you know, one of those relationships about reciprocation, you know. I think the affiliate online marketing world has redefined reciprocation in a very poor way. Yeah, you know, I, I go with reciprocation the way Robert Cialdini um, defines it in Influence, which is you, then me, you, then me, you, then me, but be the first to give concessions. Be the first to give something without return. That's how reciprocation starts. It doesn't, it's not, it goes back to the whole, I'll meet yeah. you halfway 50-50 thing. And I don't know if I'm trying, I'm trying to think if there's a quality because I know that I want to be as tangible. And I, think, I mean, one of the things that you pointed out is really like the looking at the heart of the person versus I think what a lot of people do, especially early on when they network is, and I think everyone's been guilty of this, is they're sizing people up off of what can this person do for me? Exactly. And it's like, well, that person knows that person. So if I get in good with this person, they can connect me to that person. Or right. that person has access to this list and that list would really help my business. And they, and they kind of strategize. And the people that we, we've all met them, like the strategist uh, people about connection, I don't know that those are necessarily people that you're looking to be around. You're looking to be around people who are heart-centered and are truly genuine in their wanting relationships. Not, I want this relationship because of X, Y, and Z. It's just like, right. I want to be around really good, up-to-something people who are generous. Yeah. I um, think yeah, generosity is a big piece. The other piece, too, for me again, going back to being a marketing whore, yeah. is that I do like to look for, you know, I like, the, it, it definitely attracts me that they might have a skill set in sure. some kind of, I, it, and that was one of the pieces with you. I mean, I knew that you knew something about online marketing. Yeah. In addition to all the other stuff, I yeah. go, that's why it was like, yeah, I got to meet this guy. <laughs> I mean, another guy who was at that dinner or the other, I did two dinners at that event, but Nicholas Kuzmich, who you know, yep. uh, who, the Facebook, a Facebook expert, same kind of thing. You know, I saw like you and him and you're very different, you yep. know, and yet very much the same because totally heart centered, totally giving contribution. But 
a badass in terms of business, a badass in terms of some skill set that I can learn from, not that I can exploit. Now, what's happened in that situation? So just use it as an example. You know, Nicholas and I become good friends like you and I have. Nicholas ends up speaking at one of my mastermind groups. People from my mastermind group go to his Facebook training. So he's made a lot of money because of me. Great. I don't want a piece of that shit. I don't want anything. And then on the other side, he came and gave this content to my group. What a freaking gift, right? I mean, the education and the education he's given me, same as you. You know, I got to see you speak because we spoke together at ADU, American Dream. And then I got a little more insight into, you know, how you teach the stuff that you are passionate about. Okay, so I'm trying to get to the yeah, yeah. The crux of how I, the, the, the question was how I curate the right people. And I think it's like, they really have to be super curious. That came up in this documentary I was watching last night, which I might, I'll mention in a second, but yeah. everybody who's living, these were all about people living in their nineties and living in an incredibly vivacious way. And it was all about never stopping being curious. And if you, you know, the day you, I think I wrote recently in one of my blogs about, you know, the day you stop being a student is the day you might as well hang it up. You know, the idea that, you know, that you've known it all. I actually use an analogy from the movie Annie Hall, which is, I called, I called it Annie Hall syndrome, which is, I think I know enough now that I don't need you anymore. Uh, and, and, and I won't go into the detail. I wrote about it. It's a different discussion. I think it's my fax machine, but someone actually still uses fax in my world. Yeah. Um, So I don't use it. So that, so, so those, those are like the reason that's how you make sure that the people, and and again, you're not always going to choose wisely. And I think you made a good point before when you said we're all guilty of what, what might be in it for me, because that's human nature. That's what makes you a good marketer. If you, if you're going to write great copy and you don't write it, about what's in it for the prospect or the potential buyer, you're not going to write good copy. So you have to understand that as far as a human nature thing, you know, what's in it for me. But, you know, if you start there, I think ultimately it's going to, it's going to take you down the wrong path and then you won't be able to curate the group. And again, you'll have the mile wide, um, tribe, but you won't have the mile deep tried, which is, which is way more important. And and I really, I think that's a point that's really, really missed, especially with the younger generation. Um, It's always about like breath, like width of, of knowledge width of look at my reach, look at my, it's very rarely about, you know, how many people do you get to go really deep with? And one of the things that I talk about all the time is that, the concept that in order to make seven, eight figures, whatever it is, that you need this like millions of fans and things like that. And you, reality, if you have a thousand people that absolutely love, love and adore you, you're making seven figures. I mean, it, like unless you're selling like a widget, but you know, I would assume for a thousand hard. No, if you if you're not in a commodity business and you can create specialty from from anything. And I think, you know, you make a really good point. I think I talked about this with the troops at Fort Myer when I said specialization is everything. And I tell you, every consultant client I have now, no matter how sophisticated a marketer they are, they're always thinking too broad as opposed to, to starting narrow. I, you know, the, 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 the picture I use in, in a lot of, I think I used it in my, in my PowerPoint at that speech, it's a reverse funnel. Yep. It's, 
the actual gas funnel, right? And you start at the narrow piece and go wide as opposed to try to go wide and go narrow. Because if you start narrow, owning a niche instead of owning the world will enable you to own a world. And owning a world is doable for everybody. Owning the world is not doable for anybody pretty much. Yeah. I mean, who owns the world? So, you know, I'll use an example in, in personal development. You know, there's Tony Robbins. I guess, would he be, you know, he'd probably yeah, be the top like of the top. Yep. But look at all the amazing people like yourself who are not Tony Robbins, but have carved out this niche that they love you more than they love Tony Robbins. They'd rather go to your groups. They'd rather go to your meetings. How'd you do that? You did that because you created messaging and you created a specialty offering that was totally about you and your story and all the things we talked about yeah. already. But that, that's a, one of the biggest mistakes. So it's the same thing with relationships. So building your list for your business is the same thing about building the tribe for your personal life and curating the people that you want to be around. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's amazing that the work and play thing, they're, they're the same. Well, I want to, I want to switch gears because I want to just transition from this into when we, when we first met, you had just recently left boardroom. I even remember having conversations with you about, you know, what's next. I don't know what to do. I'm kind of in this, in this inquiry phase. Um, And there's a lot of people who, whether they are in, you know, maybe a job that they don't like, you actually loved what you did. I did. Um, you know, there's people that maybe are, the time is up in, in that career that they love. There's a group of people that probably hate what they're doing and are scared shitless of what that next phase is. And I'd love for you to share what that transition was like. And what we kind of said before, it's like how the connections with people aided in making that transition smoother, easier, more fulfilling, et cetera. Yeah. So I'll tell, I'll, I'll share a story from um, my friend, Jeff Walker, who's a great marketing guy and Brilliant. I'm in his mastermind group. And I joined his mastermind group around the, t- before I left boardroom, but shortly before I left. And um, I actually did a hot seat at that mastermind about, you know, what I wanted to do. And I wasn't that confused or conflicted. I knew I wanted to be an educator. Yeah. I wanted to teach what I learned. I knew that but I didn't know how, what, what the shape would take. And I started thinking, all right, how am I going to build? I want to do a mastermind group. I, I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and Jeff looked at me and he had this quote that was, that stayed with me. I just reminded him of it the other day. He said, um, you know, you spent 34 years, you know, cultivating and contributing and just being this, you know, kind of like this mensch to like all these people and learning a lot of stuff at the same time, because I was also, you know, a sponge for the, yeah. for the information. He said, don't it, whatever it is, it's going to be there for you. I think you said, but I loved your line a couple of minutes ago. And you said, you got a thousand people who know and love you. You can create a seven figure business. It really is not that hard. I mean, it's not, it's not an easy button, yeah. but it's not that hard. And so his quote was, it's always going to be there for you. Like he told me a story about how when he was just getting going with his product launch formula and he was thinking about doing a mastermind group, IN, he, he spent a lot of time not pitching it. Like he had opportunities to pitch it at some live events and this and that. And he said, I just wasn't ready. I, you know, 
but it's, I, I always felt it was going to always be there for me as opposed to this scarcity mentality of if I don't pitch it tomorrow, I'm never going to make that money. I'm never going to do well. I'm yeah. never going to get it because I'm going to give up that big opportunity to be on that stage selling that thing. And I kind of knew that, but, you know, hearing it from a guy like Jeff Walker was really, really powerful. So that was a big, big moment in all of that. And then, um, you know, I think that as far as me, you know, I knew that I wanted to do what I called a descension program as opposed to an ascension program. Like I knew that because of the relationships that I had built over time, I could now pick and choose, you know, who I wanted to either, you know, be in a mastermind group with me, how I was going to sell it. I didn't have to do fancy, you know, at the beginning, I knew I didn't even want to do fancy videos. I did it my own way. You know, every person was onboarded into my mastermind group with a one-on-one Skype interview. It was like everything that everybody told me not to do. They said, you know, you want to get on a big stage and sell the goddamn thing. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. Yep. You know, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to I'm going to pick and choose people and see if they're interested in being in a group. And then if I get a few people, I'll tell some other people that so and so's in the group. And I got 23 people, you know, at a at a nice high ticket, not right away, but within a couple of months. And well, that's that's pretty much right away, right? And it was all based on the relationships I had built. Now I had to also create a value proposition that was different. I was eating my own dog food as far as you know, the idea of being in a niche, because even I could have been like the marketing guy, right? Or the direct marketing guy. But I said, no, I got I got to carve something out that no one else has. I mean, I knew that my story of having been with the legends, having transitioned to the online world and watching all of the people I grew up with in the 80s and 90s give up when the internet came along because it was too intimidating. Yep. And for me, it was just, okay, now I got to go study and get it, get another master's degree. I got the master's and PhD in direct mail. Let me go get it in online marketing. It's going to take some time. I got to go find some new professors, you being one of them, Nicholas being another, Jeff Walker being another, Joe Polish, being, every one of them yep. becomes my new professors. And so that philosophy is what fueled what, how I was going to do it. And I also needed to find what that niche was. And so for me, the niche was multi-channel direct response marketers. I don't want somebody in my group who's got their business 100% on Amazon or 100% on Facebook and not interested in diversification. Don't join my group. In fact, I, I, you know, I started, I rejected, I was so proud that I rejected people at a, for a $20,000 mastermind group. And I was so proud of myself. That's eating your dog food. Like yeah. if I'm going to do a niche and I'm going to take somebody in who's not, is, is not part of the, is not going to be part of this, this thing, go join another group, go join the Facebook group, go, go join the online funnel group, go join whatever you want to join. They're all great mastermind groups. Don't join mine. Yeah. And so that was key. So whatever it is. So now that was the specific with me, but I think it's true for anybody. What is your superpower? What is the niche? How specialized can you get? And so going back to the people who are, who are watching or listening that are working in an organization and want to get out and hate their job, I'll give you both. The yep. ones who hate their job and want to get out, chances are they've not been in a learning organization to, at mm. that point. They're not really entrepreneurial, as I call it. They've not been able to spread their wings. 
So that's going to be tough, but you have to really take a look and take stock of all the assets that you've accumulated in the job that you might not like, but what's the skill set that you can now transfer to create that niche in the new thing, but be as, I'd go as narrow as possible. Mm -hmm. I'd get narrower and narrower and narrower and start there. And if you only end up with four clients, when you thought you wanted a thousand, start with the four. I mean, I can give you a lot of examples with consulting clients, but I don't want to get into those details. Now, if you're at an organization that you like the job, but you still want to spread your wings, same principle. But if you're going to stay there, however long you're going to be there, make sure you take advantage of that entrepreneurial environment. Make sure that the person who signs your paycheck is someone that you have access to all the time, that you can bring your biggest ideas to them on a regular basis so that they know that you're thinking at a much higher level. And that's going to then accelerate what you're going to do when you decide to jump out, scared or not scared. You're always going to be scared. But the idea is that I'm equipped. I'm equipped because I've got a lot of these ideas tested. I'm really confident. Understand what your superpower is, what your skill set is. Ask people. Start if you've got those deeper relationships. You know, spend time. You know, I think in Strategic Coach, what Dan Sullivan does is you find out what your unique ability is. And there are all kinds of exercises to do that. But the first thing is to just go out to a core group of people who know you as well as anybody and ask them what they think your unique ability is, what you, what you think. I mean, I'm flattered that you think, you know, what my superpower was. I mean, I, some people think my superpower is, you know, is direct marketing. And some people think it's baseball umpiring. Not, not every coach, but most, you know, <laughs> um, that is one of my hobbies. Um, but you know, that, but whatever it is, you know, have someone else tell you and then see if there's consensus on that. And then what can you figure out to create that niche business? So that, that alleviated a lot of whatever fear there might be. And I knew I was ready, you know, because I knew that I needed to spend, you know, time, much more time teaching than doing at this point yeah. in my life. I, and I like teaching. I, I, that's another thing. I knew it was in my blood because even after I was in the business for like six months or a year, I went to the Direct Marketing Educational Foundation and found out what programs there were for recent college graduates who were in the business to sit on career panels for incoming college graduates into the industry. So I started speaking, public speaking, in the educational area, probably within a year of when I graduated. Well, it was like two or three years after I graduated college, but a year when I got into direct marketing, because I realized then it's, it's not just giving back. It's like, how am I going to start paying it forward even that early in my career? So even if you're in your twenties or early thirties, you know, that is not too early to be thinking about being a mentor. It's not too early. I mean, how many people do you know? I know a lot who are big brothers and big sisters who are in their 20s. And that's killer shit. You know, if you're going to do that at such a young age, you're like built for mentorship. That's it, know? yeah. And, and the thing is, the first, I never thought of myself as a mentor. You know, I'm always on the shoulders of everybody else. And I've been getting a lot of people giving me a hard time lately about this specific thing. Like, in public, I mean, at my own mastermind group, hmm. and I was quoting a bunch of people, and like someone called me out and said, "You got to stop that all the time." You know, you got to, you know, you got to realize that people are looking at you like you're looking at Gene Schwartz, hmm. and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess," but you know, 
I think I think in that in that documentary I saw last night, the, the documentary was something like uh, it was Carl Reiner, all these ninety year old entertainers, and it was like um, Carl Reiner's quote is, you know, if you read I read the obituaries every morning, and if I'm not in it, I eat breakfast. <laughs> so you know, and this you know, and these are all these people in their nineties and and just living life to the fullest, and I'm like, that is it's just so powerful to always be in action at that level. Um, and you can do it. You can definitely there, do there, it. There's something that I really want to highlight that you mentioned, and this goes out especially to those that are listening that are in some sort of job right now and looking to build something. And this is this is coaching that I give to my clients also who are in this transition. A lot of the times when you want to separate and you want to go on your own, it turns the thing which you are doing into the shit pie that you are trying to like run away from. Hmm. And it's really, uh, it, it creates a very negative context around your every day and energy is everything. And so if you're vibrating, you, you know, eight hours, nine hours, whatever you spend at work, you're vibrating at this, like, I fucking hate this. I want to get out. Then that's what you're manifesting for eight, nine hours a day. That that's not, no one ever feels bad and manifests good stuff. So what I love that you said is there's like a being boss or a being of entrepreneur that you can be in regardless what situation you're Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yes. And it's so important for people to understand that regardless of where you're at, like Brian was in a company as an employee and was operating as if he owned the business, even though he had nothing at that point of ownership or anything, right? Like, he, no, I, I didn't have any equity until I was in there. I don't know, 10, 12 years. There you go. And like, you know, the things that you did with Gene, the, the things that you did with, Hey, I want to go speak on panels. Like that's something that the owner of a company would go out and do. And so what you're basically training yourself is like, you're telling your mind, this is how I operate. I operate as if I own this, right. which will have you take actions that are consistent with being that so that when you tr eventually transition, you already know yourself to be that instead of like, okay, so what does it look like now to be an owner of a company? Right. And you were doing that from a very, very young age. You know, you, you brought up something else that I've never talked about before. And I think it's really an interesting concept. So I never like to tell people, you know, you hate your job, leave your company. I'm not one of those guys. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs will tell yeah. you to do that. But you just made an interesting point because what if what if you're not ready to get out on your own? You're just a little, whatever reason, you can be scared or, or just financially, you got little kids, you just don't, you want the security. Why not go to another line job where there's more of an opportunity to be in a learning organization yeah. and to be that entrepreneur? Because I was, you know, this is where the luck might come in that I worked in a company that was entrepreneurial. I worked for an entrepreneur who was very controlling. Marty Edelston, who was the founder, very controlling. He wasn't giving me carte blanche my first, it, within the list area, I got, I got pretty much control of that after five, six, seven years when he saw that I could do that job. But giving me control to like call the shots on major marketing efforts that in millions of dollars, that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. But because it was a learning organization, because he was an entrepreneur, even though he was not that willing, like most entrepreneurs, 
to think that someone else's ideas was better was was better than theirs. I had to win him over on that, but the but the atmosphere was there for it. So yeah. I never, even on the worst days, I wasn't like you know coming home saying this is a dead end job. So there's a so there's a way to go from being an employee in company A to be an employee in company B, and that you couldn't get that feeling of that being wanting to even be an owner in company A, but that you wanted to that once you got to company B. So I never gave that advice to anybody. I said, go to another line job, even though I know you want to be an entrepreneur, because that other line job will prepare you better when you're ready to go. Yeah, but your point you know. about if you're going to sit in that first job and be miserable, you, you're going to, then you're going to be, you know, living in your own crap and it's just not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Um, Brian, I know we're coming to, uh, to time here. So I just want to be cognizant of your time. And first of all, thank you for uh, spending time with us. And uh, thanks for you guys. Who are, for those people that want to get around you, speak to you, uh, Brian, by the way, runs incredible masterminds. Uh, if you're looking to scale up your business in any way, shape or form, um, he's truly like a living marketing legend. Um, thank you. So how do people get in touch with you? Where can they connect with you? So, you know, there's a lot of different ways. Um, I've got a, uh, um, I've got a list, you know, being on my list is always the best thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a list guy. So I want you to be on my list. I don't, I don't do affiliate deals and I don't sell a lot of stuff on this list. I blog every Sunday, usually storytelling. I do sell some of my own, you know, products once in a while in these books, these educational books, but it's all direct marketing education. The best way to get on my list for people is to go to um, a website I put up. It's called thelegendsbook.com, thelegendsbook.com. And what you do is you go there and you actually can buy the book I wrote with Craig Simpson called The Advertising Solution, which is like 12 bucks on Amazon. I don't make a dime on it. Um, but what you do is when you go to the site in the spirit of like over-delivering on all the bonuses that you get, you go, there's a button there. You go to Amazon, you buy the book, you bring your receipt back, you go to an email, you opt into my list, you get my blog every week and you get all these bonuses like swipe files from the legends that we profile in the book who are like the greatest advertising men of all time. David Ogilvy and Claude Hopkins and Gene Schwartz and Gary Halbert. So that would be the best way because you get on my list, you get a 12, for 12 bucks, you get a book that is incredible. I mean, the advertising solution is basically a profile of six legends of marketing. And that's the cheapest way to get into my world. Hmm. There's actually a little cheaper way if you don't want to spend the 12 bucks. And you can just go to my site, which is briankurtz.me. Brian Kurtz, I didn't get briankurtz.com. I was a little late to the party. <laughs> briankurtz.me. I own briankurtz.info, briankurtz.net, but I don't know briankurtz.com. I think it's a trucking company or a real estate guy. So briankurtz.me. And there you can just opt into my list and there's some free content on that site if you don't want to spend the 12 bucks on my book to opt in. Great. So that's that. And then the more advanced ways to get involved. I don't do a lot of one-on-one consulting, but I have two mastermind groups. One is called Titans Master Class, which is kind of like the next generation of great marketers. So it's the up and comers, um, not a cheap group, but cheaper than most mastermind groups. And we meet twice a year. In fact, we're going to Cleveland next spring and we're going to be with Dan Kennedy for a day. And I get wow. great speakers. I've had Nicholas Kuzmich and, Ben Settle, I'll have to have you there someday. I think you'll be a great speaker for that. And a lot of the meetings are in Connecticut, so you can drive across the TZ Bridge. Honored. Right. So, um, so Titans Masterclass, up-and-comers, best young, heart-centered, entrepreneurs, 
marketers, copywriters. I got a bunch of copy, young copywriters in that group. Great group, great group. So that's been around. And then my other group is more of a high-end, not that the Titans Masterclass is the JV team. It's not by any means. But they're just a different stage in their careers for the yes. most part. Uh, and then Titans Mastermind, which is my higher-end group, are more established, seven-figure, eight-figure, even nine-figure direct response marketing companies, all multi-channel. Um, you know, they're doing most of this stuff on the internet and online, but they a lot of them do really, really sophisticated direct mail, space advertising, uh, TV, radio, all that. So, so I've got those two groups. You know, if you're on my list, that's the best way to get to me. Um, BrianKurtz.me for the for the basic website and opt in thelegendsbook.com to get my book and opt in and all these great swipes and actually on thelegendsbook.com there's a, a free when you when you sign up and buy the twelve dollar book on Amazon you come back to the site you get a PDF version of a book called um, Scientific Advertising which was written by Claude Hopkins yep. in 1923 and you were talking before about you know, we were talking before about how it's all been said and done before, and it's the same stuff, whether it was, you know, Jesus or Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King, yeah. uh, just with a different messenger. Claude Hopkins was talking about measurable ROI advertising in 1923, and the book's 100% relevant. So what I've got on this site is a PDF of an illustrated and annotated version of scientific advertising. That was done by a copywriter named Bob Bly, who's a wonderful teacher and copywriter. And Bob gave me permission to give it away. Hmm. Uh, so that's one of the giveaways. In addition awesome. to like the best ads, these six legends in my book wrote. So that alone, you know, that's worth way more than 12 bucks. But um, I mean, my book, it, you know, is barely worth 12 bucks. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's, it's just a great way to, if you're into, if you, even if you're not into marketing, I mean, as I said before, marketing isn't everything. It's the only thing. Yep. And if you think people are just going to flock to you because you're a wonderful person, it ain't going to happen. You got to be out there, you know, doing stuff. And that's why, you know, creating a list. And um, that's why, you know, I want people from your tribe on my list. because yeah. and, and, he, they, and he puts out awesome content. The stories are amazing. I mean, listen, you're, you're getting content. So for anyone that's, I think, I think everyone pretty much that's listening to this podcast is in one way, shape, or form in that stage of kind of building their message and honing that in. Uh, Brian is just an exceptional storyteller, and um, you guys will get a ton of value from being there. Uh, Brian, as always, just an absolute honor to be in your presence. Yes, same here. Same and, here. Uh, thank you for taking your time to to be here with us and, and sharing some of this wisdom. And for those of you guys that are listening. Uh, please reach out to Brian. Let him know how uh, how much value and what you got from this podcast. I'm sure he'd love to hear it. And uh, we will see you guys on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing day, guys. We're interrupting this podcast to bring you a very important message. We have huge news to share with you. So I don't know if you guys know, but for the past year or so, Guy and I have been secretly putting together a brand new training. We're calling it the Have It All Masterclass. Now, it's a very unique 100-day masterclass that's geared to unlock your true God-given potential. I'm not talking about just any old class. I'm talking about busting up all of the old useless programs and upgrading them to whole new levels. 
So in order to deliver this, we've done a ton of work. We've put together an app so that you can take this everywhere you go. We've even gamified the whole process so that it's easy and pleasurable to go through. Like I said, we've put a ton of time and a ton of money into creating this, and we're officially launching it in July. Now, Guy and I, to launch it, will be hosting a live class as the big unveil. And during this new class, new training, I should say, we're going to share five pillars with you that will help you create your have-it-all life. So for now, all you have to do is head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and save your seat immediately. Now, I'm going to let you know that as of now, our new masterclass will not be able to fit all of you. In fact, our intention is to actually start this very, very small because it's a live training. So as soon as all the seats are filled up, that's it. We're shutting it down. So like I said, act now. Head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and get yourself ready for some massive, massive expansion. Now, if you have a friend or a family member or someone that you really love and you want to invite them to this, please share this link. This is not going to be something that you want to miss. And with that, love you all. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.